just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you. And you know, in the Christian life, there is this tension because we we know joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you live daily in the Spirit, you will have joy. On the sort of other end, perhaps, I think same side, two sides of the same coin, frankly, uh, there's this sorrow that comes in life, uh, and it can come from loss. It's the obvious one, uh, and, and that can be the loss of a loved one. It could also be the loss of things like a marriage or a dream you know, uh, even a job. Uh, there is heartache in this world. How do we navigate that that tension between supposedly having, you know, a, a joy, an indescribable joy is one of the phrases in, in the scripture, and yet dealing with sorrow? Well, we're going to explore that today, and if you're watching us live, you're invited to be a part of the conversation. My guest today is Steve Brown, who's the founder of the Key Life Network, and he's the author of a new book called Laughter and Lament. Uh, it looks just like that. You can get it wherever you get books. And, uh, you know, the older you get, <laughs> uh, you know, my parents are turning 80 this year, this fall, uh, and they've lost a lot of friends, a lot of close friends. Uh, and you see this this sorrow that, that weighs on them at times, and yet they still can laugh. Uh, and, and this is something we all face. Um, and so it's, it's good, I think, to discuss it, um, look at the theology of it, if you will, um, so that when sorrow comes, we're better prepared, because it will come. So with that, uh, Loretta, good to have you out there watching. Uh, and Steve, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome, sir. Randy, thank you for having me. <laughs> you you got the best radio voice, man. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm also good looking. I don't you you did, nobody ever notices that. It gets old being a pretty voice. My voice is better than yours. Uh, it, it, it is. It's kind of like Grace. I had nothing to do with it. My mother said when I came out of the womb, it sounded like a burp. <laughs> and uh, then God put this voice in this body, and he thought it was funny. <laughs> I never thought it was funny, but I'm stuck with it. So <laughs> you, you can't have it all. I mean, come on. That wouldn't no, be fair. That's true. So, you should be on radio. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. And it, it shocks people when, you know, I was in St. Louis not too long ago, and this woman came to one of my staff people and said, I had to come tonight. And my staff person said, really? And she said, I wanted to see what he looked like. <laughs> and she said, the staff person said, well, and this lady said, I was greatly disappointed. <laughs> I was expecting the Marlboro man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, no, I appreciate you using your voice. Uh, to, to encourage people uh, and to reach them with the gospel on all the radio stations that you're on and online. So it's great to have you here today. Let's get into the topic. Uh, and, you know, one of the kind of go-to questions when you're talking to somebody, 
is is why this topic because you know books don't write themselves they take a lot of time a lot of thought uh, oftentimes research and so you've obviously got something that you wanted to say in this what are what are you looking at Randy, I really wanted to say it for a long time. I, you know, it's an old guy, and I'm old as dirt. Um, uh, I was a pastor and a seminary professor for a lot of years. Still am a professor on occasion. Hmm. And uh, as a pastor, people used to come to me and say, uh, Reverend, I'm going to take you out and show you the real world. Hmm. And most of the time, I said back, you don't know nothing about the real world. I see more of the real world in a day than you see in a lifetime. And I've buried more suicides and babies and cleaned up after more suicides and listened to more confessions and been to more dark places than you can imagine. Maybe someday I'll show you the real world. Hmm. Well, as a pastor, I dealt with broken heart. I, when my father died years ago, I was speaking for a group of churches in the mountains of Tennessee. And uh, one of the past, and I got the message that my father was dying, and I broke down and started crying. And an old pastor hugged me, Randy, and he said, Son, use this. Every time you talk to 10 people, seven of them will have a broken heart. Hmm. And uh, I've listened to that and found out that's true. And that's not a surprise. Uh, We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen. People die. Uh, I'm experiencing what your parents are experiencing. I've got more friends in heaven than I do on earth, and I miss them a lot. Hmm. And I think this world stinks, frankly. Um, I, uh, that's what it means to live in a fallen world. That goes without saying. But the surprising thing is that your parents still laugh. Yeah. I've never been to a Christian funeral, and I've done a lot of them and been to a lot of them, hundreds over the years that I've been doing what I do. Um, I've never been to one when there wasn't laughter. Hmm. Now, that was the question, all right, we live in a bad world, a fallen world. Uh, Romans is clear about that. Where does the laughter come from? And so I started writing a book called The Laughter of the Redeemed. And I teach a lot at the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center, and they wanted to know what my topic was for the next seminar. And I said the first thing that came to mind, the laughter of the redeemed. And they announced it. And some of the people said, what's that going to be about? And I said, we're going to get together and tell each other our best jokes. And we're going to laugh. And some people didn't like that. Some people (laughs) said, (laughs) some people said, way cool. And, uh, but when I sat down, To do the work on that seminar, I kept hitting the Psalms of Lament, the Book of Lamentations, a strange rabbi hanging on a cross crying out that God had forsaken him. Mm. I began to see what Paul had gone through, and I thought, you know, i got to do both. 
if I don't do both, this is not going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then that morphed into more chapters and more thought until I created what you have discovered, one of the truly great works of Christendom, (laughs) (laughs) a book called Laughter and Lament. (laughs) And uh, it's not that, but it's not half bad. (laughs) <laughs> no, I well, you know, it's it's important. Um, I, I think because a lot of Christians, uh, I mean, obviously some don't know what to do with the laughter as you experienced, uh, but a lot of them just don't know what to do with the lament. Uh, and pointing out that there is a an entire book in the Bible dedicated to it, I mean, yeah. it should give us permission to grieve, should it not? I mean, is that not a right oh, emotion? Yeah, so true. But we. We sometimes have a Disney World kind of Christian faith, and we bought into the world's view that the meaning of existence is to avoid pain and darkness and bad stuff, Mm. to get as much money as we can get before we die. And then we put a Christian spin on it, and we say that Christians don't have to do this. Well, we do have to do this. We're going to die like everybody else. In fact, Randy, I think every time a a pagan goes through a divorce, a Christian does, so the world can see the difference. (laughs) Every time a pagan gets cancer, a Christian gets cancer, so the world can see the difference. (laughs) Every time a pagan goes through a hard time, a Christian goes through a hard time, so the world can see the difference. And so the secret, and I think the Bible clearly teaches this, is that we kiss those demons that we, my friend, late friend, Larry Crabb, used to say, we run from pain, we need to run to it, Mm. because that's where Jesus meets his people. And that's true. Mm. Everything for which you have shed tears is an opportunity to meet Jesus. And uh, there's a, Randy, there's a Jewish prayer in the Rabbi Manual that is quite moving. It says this, thou art great and we are small. Thou art infinite and we are finite. Thou art eternal and we tarry but just a little while. Hmm. Thou art everything and we are nothing. But with thy greatness and power, Thou dost bend down low and listen to the sound of our tears as they strike the ground. Mm. And Christians know more than that. Not only does he listen to the sound of our tears, he entered our experience. He entered time and space and he cried where we cry. He was lonely where we are lonely. He lost, he wept beside open graves the way we do. He was tired the way we do. He was disappointed the way we do. He was discouraged the way we are because he identified at every point with Mm -hmm. where we are. And that's amazing. Yeah, and and I think that's what makes sort of the laughter, in a sense, the joy, if you will, possible. Uh, because we know there's, there's, as Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. Um, a couple of things you said, a lot of good things there, and so I want to, I want to hit a couple of them. One, you, you mentioned we, the God is eternal, and we tarry just a while. You know, life is a vapor, Scripture says. Um, 
how important is it that we gain an eternal perspective to put the sorrow in its proper place, which is not to ignore it, but to acknowledge it, as you say, run to it, uh, but yet not get to the point where we say, you know, uh, all is lost, all is vain, all is vanity, right? How do yeah. we, how does an eternal perspective help put sorrow in its proper place? Well, the trick is the eternal perspective is clearly taught in Scripture and affirmed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But the problem is if you let that eternal perspective make you shallow and simple. I have a friend whose father died and I was speaking at the college where she was where she was a student and she came up to me and said I I think you knew my father. I said yes I did and I loved him and I miss him and it's so sad and she said don't be sad. She said uh, my a lot of people came to know Christ uh, at his funeral, and his funeral was glorious. And I said, Jane, not her name, you would know her name, and you would know his name. And I said, Jane, that's nonsense. Your daddy just died. That's not good. That's awful. And she fell apart in my arms. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wept together the rest of that week, and I was there a week when I wasn't teaching or preaching. I was walking on the campus with Jane and letting her weep and lament. Death is not a positive. It, they, the stupidest thing that's ever been said is that death is like birth. It's perfectly natural. No, it's not. It's horrible and it's dark and it's the result of sin. And when somebody dies, there should be laughter because we know. But don't have so much laughter that you're pretending that the darkness isn't there. Because again, Jesus meets us in the darkness with his promises, of course and with a worldview that gives us hope. But don't let that be a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. uh, face the reality of the darkness. Um, you know, we quote Romans 8.28, and we should. We should believe it. But don't let that be your first quote when you go to a funeral and your friend's mother died. Yeah. Instead, hold them and cry with them mm -hmm. and taste the salt of their tears because that's a part of life. You know, I have been there. Uh, when my younger sister passed away, she was 40. She had three young children at home, uh, and she had fought cancer for several years. Uh, and we went into the auditorium at Willie George's church up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and there were flowers everywhere, you know, a great outpouring of love yeah. towards our family. And someone, you know, someone said to me, and there are caskets there amongst the flowers, and they wanted us to go in before the funeral so we could uh -huh. see it and not see it for the first time with a huge crowd there. And so I walk in there, and uh, someone, you know, friend of the family, trying to be nice, said, boy, isn't that beautiful? And without thinking, I just said, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. 
Oh, good for you. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, there was nothing noble or righteous in it. It was just it. it what you're saying is just true. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there is. There. Fortunately, I've ex- not experienced a lot of deep pain in my life. But standing yeah. there, looking at all those beautiful flowers, they were beautiful, and you know, nice polished wood casket. God, it was the it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And I do think we need to be honest about that. I do too, and and I'll bet you. And by the way, my brother died in his forties, and I had a similar experience. He was the district attorney. In fact, he'd be the governor of North Carolina if he died. Maybe even bigger than that. And I ran his political campaign, hmm. and we won every precinct against uh, an incumbent. But that he was my best friend, and I can if I talk about it now, I'll cry. Yeah. But, Randy, if I talk about him long enough, I'll tell you jokes. Because because I'm free to do that. Because I've kissed the demon of lament on the lips. Mm. And if you do that, you heal. Mm. If you don't, you live in the darkness forever. Um, A famous writer has became a Christian and said, Hush, I hear the sound of tears. I must spend my life weeping. No, you're not. But you better do some of it, because if you don't, you'll never laugh. And that's the secret to the freedom, and that's what I was talking about. Don't be such a Christian who thinks that laughter is inappropriate. It's not. It's um, it's a gift from God, and the Scripture says God laughs. There's a lot in scripture about laughter. The hills dance, um, uh, but there's so much about lament. And we are called as Christians to face both of those with their joy and with their tears. And on the other side of both, you're free. And you're free to cuss and spit and dance <laughs> and, and be authentic. And it's a wonderful freedom, mm. and it's a gift from God himself. I'm, I'm guessing, Steve, that it, at your age, and maybe you've always been this way, the older I get, the more I get this way. I just don't have time for just like religious garbage and pressure and facades and random rules that aren't in Scripture. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't abide by a lot of those, do you, those random oh, religious heavens. rules? I've been kicked out of more churches than you can imagine <laughs> because I said something uh, inappropriate. I, listen, I agree with you, but on the other side of the facade is a reality, and sometimes we've lost it. Right, right. And the world knows we've lost it. That's why we sound so angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is something that creates meaning and joy and makes us, I have a friend who says that what we, we have smudges on the windows of the church where we put our noses to the windows and we've looked at the parties of pagans and we've thought, oh man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and he said the way the church ought to be is that the yeah. smudges should be on the outside <laughs> yeah, of the right. church right. where the pagans look in and say, and listen to our laughter 
and watch our dancing and listen to our jokes and say, oh, man, I wish I could be a part of that. Yeah. Well, that's true. All right. This is the book, Laughter and Lament by Steve Brown, available wherever you get books. You can go to the URL just, that I just put on the screen, keylife.org. Um, one, one thing I, I do want to ask you about, uh, you know, it, it, Psalms is a great example of David just kind of unloading on God. You know, oh, how yeah. long am I going to sing this song? Why, you know, why are my enemies when, you know, but yet you you say we need to stop our whining and complaining and and submit to God. What are you what are you trying to communicate with that little admonition? Uh, it's an unawareness that God is exactly who the psalmist said He was. He's uh, large and in charge. A friend of mine says, and if you want to blame somebody for what you're going through, don't just be a whiner. Go to Him and tell Saint Teresa said, God. You would have more friends if you treated the ones you had a little bit better. <laughs> and that's what the psalmist said. The, song, the psalmist gives us, let me tell you something, Randy, and every time I say this, I have to repent because it sounds so pious. I'm a man of prayer. Um, and I'm up at 4 o'clock most mornings, and coffee and Jesus gets me up, and I think coffee more than Jesus. <laughs> but I get up. And if you came into my study, you would be shocked. That's the reason I do it early, because nobody's around. Because I cuss and spit. I'm honest. I grade God. When I have a friend who dies, I tell him, if you really love them, you wouldn't have let them die. And the psalmist gives me permission to do that. And God always says, you threw? And I go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he loves me. Hmm. Hmm. Well, is is that lament? Is is that yeah. useful for you? Because there is there's oh. a useless lament that you talk about in your book as well. Yeah, there is. Which is whining. Yeah, lament. You know what we ought to do in our worship services, and we don't. And I and I love my church. I love my pastor, and I love the music and everything that goes without saying, but the music is always about praise and happy and God's faithfulness. We ought to have some time in the worship service of our churches because seven out of 10 people are looking at a broken heart. And we say, this is a time for you to cry. This is a time for you to tell God that it hurts and it hurts deeply. Mm -hmm. This is a time for you to be honest. I have a musician friend who did a concert and everybody had their hands up and he stopped the middle of the song and he said, how many of you had your hands up because everybody else lift their hands up <laughs> and you're dying inside. Mm. And he said three fourths of those kids and there were 2000 of them uh, said, that's me. I'm dying inside and everybody else has their hands up and I put mine up. Well, we ought to give a place in worship to, to read the Psalms of lament, to live in the book of lament, to walk with Jesus who knows what lament. He cried so much that his tears 
that he sweated blood and he begged for God to take it away. I mean, that's human. And he'll walk with us into every place like that. And he'll meet us in that place if we're willing to go there. Do, do you think that's the path to laughter? And I ask that because there's, I mean, I can point to a couple of scriptures. Sorrow comes at night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, and blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's almost, it's almost like you have to face the sorrow or you'll never really get to the laughter. Is there? so you true. You remember I said at the beginning that I'd never been to a Christian funeral, that there wasn't yeah. laughter. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to go to the funeral to get the laughter. Mm. And that's what you're saying, and that is wise. And Randy, I'm not surprised, because you get this, but what you said was profound, mm. and it's so true. Well, uh, it is a great conversation, and I think freeing for a lot of people, uh, permission, you know, to, to feel what they're already feeling and not bottle it up or plaster yeah. over it. Uh, well, let's get to the laughter in the last few minutes. Because <laughs> how good is the joy, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we, we spiritualize. We say joy is what you feel uh, that has nothing to do with circumstances. <laughs> right. And happiness is when you get a raise <laughs> or the girl you wanted to date says yes. Uh, and so we dichotomize those things, and there's some truth to that. But we dichotomize it too much. Laughter sometimes is just a joke. One of the Puritan divine, divines was heard praying one time, and and the, the, the Puritan said, Lord, let me tell you a joke I heard. <laughs> and... Um, and God had heard the joke, but he <laughs> delighted in the laughter of the Puritan who wanted to tell his God. And sometimes the line between laughter, joy, and happiness isn't as thick as we think it is. Hmm. Sometimes it's being a Christian free enough to tell the joke or to listen and to laugh or to enjoy a milkshake. Hmm. Or, um, or to hang out with a good meal or to go to a funeral and after the funeral go uh, to a wake mm. where everybody tells good stories. <laughs> That's all a part of life and authentic Christians should experience every bit of it. You know, you'd think we'd take a clue from our rhythms. In other words, every 24 hours we experience both night and day. Uh, and every year we experience summer, spring, fall, winter. Uh, oh, I mean, it's kind of so good. written into it's written into the world, uh, and yet we we don't have those same rhythms oh. in our lives a lot of times. So, Randy, if we had done this interview before I wrote the book, I would have quoted what you just said. <laughs> That's so good, yes. and it's so true, and it's freeing. Mm. You know, the point of the book is the freedom to be authentic, mm -hmm. to break down and cry when there's something to cry about and to laugh when there's something. I, one time when I was a young pastor 
And you can tell when Jesus is present in the church by the laughter. Everything else is fake. But if there's real laughter, Jesus is there. And mm. when there isn't, he leaves the building. Mm. But I had a man leave the church. And you know I'm a Presbyterian. And we're oh, I am the too. frozen chosen. I am. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, you too. I am now. But yeah, Cumberland Presbyterian. I could, yeah. I could tell by the spiritual aura of that. <laughs> But I had this this guy left the church, and I went to see him. And I said, uh, I hope you'll come back. Why did you leave? And he said, because I don't like your jokes. Why do you tell them? <laughs> and I said, because they're funny. And he said, this is serious business. <laughs> and I said, look, I'm glad you're not coming to church. I might get a bottle of champagne and celebrate. <laughs> because you're acid among the people of God. <laughs> And uh, he asked me to leave us home, and I left and <laughs> went back and told my jokes. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, one question for you, Steve, and this is not in the notes, uh, so this did not come from the publicist, but is is your Bible uh, autographed? By Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. Oh, you got to stick with me. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, people, people do come up to me sometimes and ask me to autograph their Bible. Oh, and God. I sometimes say, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to autograph your Bible. I didn't write it. <laughs> All right. Well, I was, I, I was trying to lead us in. <laughs> okay. All right. See, you're laughing. That's what I want. You got any good jokes? Can we end this with a joke from Steve Brown? And, uh, well, I got a lot, but I have to be very careful. <laughs> well, okay. Do you know why uh, Moses' mother did not want to give up her son? No. She was in denial. That's not funny. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I can't but Randy, I can't believe you told that. You ought to be ashamed. I'll tell you the I'll tell you the good ones later after we're off the air. <laughs> All right. It's Steve, fun conversation, but very healthy conversation. I want to show people uh let me see, let me get this queued up. Your website right here looks like this. It is keylife.org. Keylife.org and, and there's a lot of good resources there. You can find out more about Steve and I'm assuming that on your website and look, there's information about the radio program and things you do online and all that. Sure, okay. sure. All right. Well, and I'll, Randy, I've loved this time. You know, for having me on, you get three free sins, so <laughs> use them carefully. I, I, and that's a joke. They're all free because Jesus died for you. I uh, uh well. But, you know, that's not a good reason to do it. I was going to say, I I, <laughs> no. I drive 45 minutes in DFW to work every day, so I probably used those three already just trying to get to work <laughs> traffic here. You're fun. Thank <laughs> you, Randy, so much. Absolutely. Anything you want to add before I let you go? Anything I missed? Anything you want to say? No, buy the book. I need the money. No, wait. <laughs> I don't get a thing for my books. It all goes to the ministry. I was smoking pot when I made that decision, I think. See, now. And that's a joke, too. I was going to say, you're just going to discredit everything you just said right here at the end if I let you go too long. So with with that, I'm going to I'm gonna mute Steve Brown uh, and hide, hide his face so he doesn't get himself into any more trouble. No, a wonderful conversation. If you, if you Same were, here, Randy. God bless you. I appreciate you guys out there watching. Uh, yeah, good resources and really true and if you haven't experienced it you know weep with those who weep rejoice with those who rejoice and we can be authentic 
So appreciate you being here. Hit share, hit like, follow, subscribe. Come back. We'll see you again next time on Life Today Live. And I just out-talked my music. So there's the book. And now we go black.